Welcome, everyone, to It's a Rap with Rap. I am your host, Ron Rappaport. This podcast features people who have overcome life's challenges and adversities, people who can inspire and motivate, and people who can educate us on an assortment of topics. My guest today is Brian Lee, better known as Bozai the Clown. Bozai the Clown may seem like an unlikely bullying expert, but with over 25 years' experience navigating around and developing innovative tactics to deal with bullies, he is a one-of-a-kind force to be reckoned with. Don't let the makeup, the red nose, and the colorful clown shoes fool you. He takes no prisoners when coaching the bullied on how to stand up, speak out, and reclaim their authority over their bullies. Unapologetic, he uses wit, charm, and humor to deliver training and coaching that to some may seem a little controversial and oversimplistic. Bozar the Clown received his Bachelor of Arts in Comprehensive Theater and Communications from Ashland University in Ohio. Throughout his career as an actor and stand-up comedian, he employed psychodrama techniques and the secrets of body language to not only read what the bully is truly thinking, but also to create characters to get himself out of some very compelling situations. Bozai is not your ordinary clown. He is an award-winning humanitarian clown who specializes in anti-bullying, fighting injustice, curing invisibility, and loneliness. Welcome, Bullseye, to the podcast. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm great. Glad to have you. A real honor to have you here on the show. Bullseye, can you tell us what were your growing up years like and tell us about uh, you, you being bullied in school? Um, well, my parents divorced when I was very, very young. Um, so probably I was in kindergarten or first grade or so when they got divorced. And so I went to live with my mother and my uh, stepfather. And uh, he was an alcoholic and uh, very abusive. And so I kind of dealt with that at home. And then, of course, at school, um, I was the little fat kid. So um, I got picked on for being fat. <laughs> so uh, I would have people who would push me into lockers and knock me down and call me names and uh, I was always picked last for all of the sports teams because I wasn't very outgoing or very athletic at the time. So um, that was kind of what my, my whole, not, not only my childhood, but my high school. I was, it was kind of like that all the way through high school. So wow. uh, I was like, I can't wait till I'm 18 so I can get out of this mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you were an actor and stand-up comedian. Can you tell us about that part of your life? Uh, yeah, so in school, uh, I went to Ashland University in Ashland, Ohio. Um, I was a theater major, and I was also like, uh, my other major was in um, communications. And so right after college, believe it or not, my first job, I don't know if you remember ever seeing uh, Mr. Wizard on television. Yeah, um, sure. But, but Mr. Wizard, he hired people called Mr. Wizard assistants, and he would send them all over the country and do uh, science programs. Uh, as assembly programs for children. So um, that was my very first job right out of college was going to do Mr. Wizard. And so I was traveling to elementary schools and uh, high schools and junior high schools all over. Uh, probably I, at that time I was living in Ohio. So I was going through Ohio, Tennessee, Kentucky, West Virginia, and all those places doing uh, that. And uh, in college, whenever I was uh, performing in the, the plays and stuff, I always got the comedy part. And so uh, my friend said, you know, when this tour is over, you should think about stand-up comedy. And I'm like, well, I don't really know anything about stand-up comedy. And it just so happened while I was on that tour, I picked up a book that said, uh, it was called Stand-Up Comedy, the book by Judy Carter. And uh, uh, it was like how to, it was like how to write a stand-up act and how to, 
you know, I had comedy clubs listed in the back of the book and I'd never heard of Judy Carter. So there was a phone number in the back. I called it up and I said, hey, I want to know if Judy Carter is coming to Ohio. I want to know if she's funny. I don't I've never heard of her. And it was her on the phone. Wow. <laughs> she has an open mouth, insert foot. Um, and she said, well, yes, I'm, uh, I'm funny. And just for that, I am coming to Ohio for four shows. And you are going to be my opening act. So you need to read this book, learn how to write jokes, and you're going to open for me. And so wow. that is basically is how, how I got started doing stand-up comedy. I didn't even do open mics right away. I just went right from... Uh, buying a book to uh, opening for someone. So yeah, that, uh, first crazy. night totally was. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's... First night was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, so after I totally bombed the first night, you know, we went back to the hotel room and she's kind of, okay, we need to rewrite these jokes. These are terrible. <laughs> you well, know? you probably like, didn't. Well, have, you probably didn't have the delivery down and all that. You know, she kind oh, of right, threw, right, yeah, so. threw you in there. You know, uh, that's right. Yeah, Bullseye. Let's talk about the bullying issue. Uh, can you please tell our audience the story uh, of why you became a clown in 2018 and why you continue to clown and why a clown is a good spokesperson for anti-bullying? Uh, probably if you told me probably um, even five or six years ago that I would, at uh, 47 years old, uh, change my whole career path, become a clown and start traveling the world dressed up like this, I would probably have told you you are crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, my dad, uh, in 2018, he passed away. And my dad never traveled. And I remembered years ago seeing a movie called Patch Adams. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie or not. But yes, Robin Williams. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, I was, I'm always fascinated when there are movies by, um, about real people. And so I used to, I went on Google and I Google Patch Adams and I found out that he was actually a real person and uh, he does these clown tours all over the United or all actually all over the world and so I thought okay when my dad passed away he left me a little bit of money so I thought you know what? he never traveled never went anywhere so as a way to honor him I thought well, I will just maybe do one of these tours and the next tour coming up was a clown tour to Russia um, and so uh, I had no idea about being a clown I knew I stand up uh, I knew how I did do stand up, but I had no idea what a clown really did. And so I contacted Patch Adams and his people and they said, oh, yeah, you can come along. You don't need any experience. We'll kind of just throw you in and, you know, we'll show you what to do. And where have you heard that before? So, <laughs> exactly. I know. <laughs> and so I, I just bought like what I thought were clowny things, you know, and some clown shoes and some stuff. And yeah. I uh, grabbed a suitcase and I packed all this stuff up and I got on an airplane and I flew to Russia. <laughs> and, <laughs> It is really funny because my sister said, you know, what if you get to Russia and there's nobody there? And I'm like, oh, I never thought of that part. <laughs> Don't think about that. <laughs> and so that's kind of how it was. And, and in Russia, it was, um, well, he wanted us to start as a clown from the moment we left home. He wanted us to wear our clown costume to the airport, through customs and through all that stuff. So wow. um, we, we were we didn't quite do what he told us to. Um, we kind of wore colorful things, but we didn't wear the clown nose because we weren't sure <laughs> if we would get arrested or not. Um, yeah, you never know so, over there. Uh, but uh, for 14 straight days, we were always in clown costume. I mean, we went to children's hospitals and orphanages and clowned in their subway system and clowned out on the street. And uh, we went, actually went to the Russian ballet and we were dressed as clowns. And everywhere we ate, we were dressed as clowns. I mean, we never got out of our costume. So um, the costumes kind of stunk after a few days. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
And honestly, I really never thought once I came back that I would ever do that again. I'm like, okay, that was a nice little thing to have done. Um, but while I was on that clown tour, uh, there were a lot of interesting things that happened and a lot of life transforming things I felt um, that happened. And I thought, wow, there must be something to this whole clown thing. Um, I can go into a couple stories if you want me to. Yeah, yeah. Um, go into tell, tell us, you know, because uh, I'm trying to get why, why is a clown a good spokesperson for anti-bullying? <laughs> Okay. Well, as far as why I really continued to clown once I got back, um, I just saw the impact that clowns had on the public and, and just people in general. Um, a quick story is we were actually in a bus. There were 35 clowns in a bus and we were traveling to a, a, an orphanage and we came to a, a stoplight and I looked out the window and there was a bus stop there and probably about 10 people were sitting over the bus stop and there was one old woman and she was holding her groceries. And so I just kind of pecked on the window um, and she looked up and I'm not sure what she probably thought when she saw a bus full of clowns, probably like we had escaped from some circus prison or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I just started to wave at her and she yeah. just kind of, kind of waved at me just a little bit. And then all of a sudden um, I waved a little bit faster and she waved a little bit faster. And then all of the clowns on the bus saw what I was doing and they turned and they looked at the woman and they all started to wave. And about that time, the light changed and we pulled off. And as we pulled off, I noticed that the old woman sat down on a park bench and she started to cry. Why she started to cry, I don't know. Maybe we reminded her of the circus when she was a kid. Yeah. You know, maybe that was the first time somebody had seen her that day or that week. Right. Um, or maybe she was just happy that we didn't kidnap her while we were <laughs> stopped at the bus stop. She was probably glad to have the attention. Yeah. And so that's yeah. kind of what I thought. And, and so it, even though I was never actually out on the street and we were in a bus and she was out on the street, uh, right, right away I saw the impact that we had as clowns um, on someone. And so things like that for this entire 14 day period kept happening. And so once I came back, I thought, oh boy, you know, there's something to this. Um, and so you're wanting to know also why a clown is a, <laughs> is a good uh, anti-bullying expert. And I always say, well, Whenever I was being bullied in school, I came up with distractions and I came up with uh, like comic one-liners. You know, if a bully came up to me, I'd always find something kind of witty and zingy to say. And right. um, so I became dubbed as the class clown. And so I figured, you know, um, the bullies are what created the class clown. So it's only fitting that the class clown is the one who shuts the bullies down. <laughs> so gotcha. that was a... Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and what I realized when I did this clown tour, even though it was 2018 and I was 47 at the time, uh, I was still harboring a lot of this animosity and resentment from a lot of the bullying that happened. And I was still harboring this resentment from my stepfather, who uh, was mean and abusive. And uh, when I went on this tour and we were focused for 14 straight days on doing nothing but making other people happy. I mean, that was our focus. I mean, it's like, okay, we're going to make this kid laugh. It's the last thing we do. And right. that's all we focused on for 14 straight days. When I came back, I no longer had that resentment, that animosity. It was kind of like that whole burden just kind of lifted. Um, and so I knew that clowning is not only a way to help other people, but it's a way to help the person who was bullied or had some type of trauma when they were young. Um, Patch Adams has also taken a lot of veterans who have uh, post-traumatic stress and he's taken them on clowning tours. 
And um, there, he actually did a documentary about that as well. And that's on YouTube. You can actually find that on YouTube. Um, but he took a bunch of uh, vets and it was just amazing to see the transformation in the vets who, you know, um, couldn't even hear like a, a car horn honk or, or something like that without, you know, having some major trauma and just yeah. watching their transformation over that 14 day period. I think they went to Guatemala. Um, but it really is amazing what, what just clowning and doing nice things for other people um, can do for your own right. soul and, and, yeah. your, and for your own healing. It was definitely a transformational moment for you. Definitely. Uh, Bullseye, what defines bullying and how does it differ from other types of abuse? Uh, and please describe the different types of bullying that are perpetuated out there. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people just lump everything under bullying. Well, I was bullied today because somebody said something to me. Um, usually bullying, I always say, is something that's repetitive. So it's something that happens over and over and over again. Um, you know, you can tease somebody and you can call somebody a name and it's like be a friend and, and you can kind of do it as a teasing gesture. But then if it gets to a point where, you know, your friend is saying, hey, you know, it really bothers me when you call me this particular name. Can you please stop calling me that name? Yeah. Um, but it's something that's repetitive and, and it repeats over time and over time. Uh, a lot of times what people consider bullying is not um, a lot of people consider discipline. You know, if your parents paddle you or if your parents try to correct you uh, for something, they lump that under bullying. And, and you know, discipline is something else that we, we need in society. Um, otherwise, everybody's kind of running amok. Um, but there's a difference also between bullying, what I consider bullying and assault. You know, uh, there, there are times when bullying can actually lead into something being illegal. So there are, there are times where it's illegal. Um, and that is if you're, you know, beating somebody yeah. to the point where, you know, there's no, there's no return and they're, you know, uh, you're ready to know the different types of bullying. Um, there yeah. are a lot, uh, you know, I would say the physical bullying is a pretty, uh, pretty common one. And so that's, you know, pinching, uh, pulling somebody's hair, you know, smacking them, uh, kicking them, knocking them down. Yeah. Um, there's what I call um, social bullying. And to me, that is like um, when you ignore someone on purpose, or you purposely invite everybody to a party, but you exclude somebody or you won't allow somebody to sit at your table or uh, you kind of start a rumor about them. Um, that's what I can I consider like social bullying where um, you're kind of working at tearing down somebody's integrity um, and you're just ostracizing them. Um, Cyberbullying, of course, is a big one right now. Yeah, we're going to um, talk about that. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, that's bullying on the internet, you know. Um, Back whenever I was a kid, we didn't have the internet. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we didn't have all the cyberbullying and Twitter, yeah. you know, if they wanted to bully us back then, they'd made house calls. <laughs> 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 they just they just showed up on our doorstep, grabbed my underwear, and run up, up the flagpole. That's how they yeah. <laughs> that's how they did that back then. Would it be um, fair? Would it be fair to say that bullying there would have to be an intent to do? Oh, yes. Yeah, and that's harm. that's the, 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 the other thing, the intent. Yeah. Um, so you've got it's got to be usually it's repetitive. Um, and then the intent is there to harm someone. Okay. Um, cause like I said, a lot of times, like when you're just teasing someone, you're doing that in a playful manner. Um, but also yeah. the intent, uh, if, if your intention is to harm someone, then it's bullying. Um, and then, like I said, if it becomes to a point where it's really, really physical, then that becomes, that goes into either harassment or the assault. Um, and so that's something completely different than, than the bullying. 
Now, in your opinion, what defines a bully and do bullies have common traits? Well, bullies are somebody who like power um, and they're trying to get that power in any way they can. So um, a lot of times bullies are people who feel that they have some type of power, whether it's they're stronger than you um, or whether it's in their at a, they're at a position that's higher than you, whether that's like a school teacher over a student or a principal, even over a teacher or uh, your boss. Um, so a lot of times uh, the bully at first uh, and foremost feels that they have power and control. Um, that's the big thing. Uh, what was the uh, other question? Do they have, <laughs> uh, do the bullies have any common traits? And I, I, I can't uh, say this a hundred percent, but a lot of times I think bullies learn the behavior. I, I really don't think that um, bullies are born the way they are. Um, I think they're made. And so I okay. think that, a lot of times it's whether they're doing something that they learned from home or, or from a previous relationship or something. Um, I believe it's, be, and, and I know there are, I actually um, just wrote a book and in the book, I actually have a letter from my bully uh, who wrote me a letter maybe three or four years ago and kind of apologized. And, and so I actually try to carry on a conversation with them on Facebook for a while because I wanted to kind of get to the bottom of it. What's what, what was the problem? What, you know, what was going on? And a lot of times it was, you know, they're getting bullied by somebody else or, or they're feeling pressure from someone else to fit in with a particular group. Yeah. And so a lot of times they try to fit in with a particular group and part of their looking cool is to, you know, Hey, let's trip the fat kid. Hey, let's, you know, put a little sign on the back of the fat kid. Let's not the little geeky girl's hair or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, and so that they, they feel that that makes them fit in. Now, you employ psychodrama techniques and body language reading to read what a bully is thinking. Can you explain to our audience uh, how you do that? Well, one of the things I like to do is I like to do something that I call pre-scripting uh, with a lot of the people. So um, since you know that I was a, a theater major and I was a stand-up comic, uh, what I like to do a lot of times is you know, what are the bullies always saying to you? And so if you know they're going to say this particular thing or they're going to act this particular way, then let's kind of pre-script what you can say um, or pre-script an action that you can take um, before this even happens to you so that when it does happen to you, um, you're ready for it. Um, almost like you would be if you're getting ready for a role or you're getting ready to be in a movie or something like that. It's kind of knowing what you're doing, what's going to happen. You know, I did that when I did stand up. Uh, whenever I was a stand-up comic, you know, I wrote jokes about, you know, hey, if somebody tells me, hey, you suck, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could write a joke. I wrote, you know, I'd write a joke about that. Or if a waitress dropped a tray of drinks or if the lights went out or whatever happened to go on, um, I would have a joke for everything just in case it ever happened. Sometimes I never used it. Um, but that was one of those uh, things that I did. Um, another thing I did was I like to cause distraction. You know, I distracted the bully in any way I could. Yeah. Um and that might be whether it's, you know, you scream fire, you jump up and down, you play dead. Uh, and a lot of times <laughs> I would prescript those two. Hey, if they come to me today, uh, today I'm just going to, I'm going to lie on the ground and play dead and scream and, you know, yell fire or whatever. But I kind of prescripted those things. That way I knew what to do when that happened. Um, I didn't always feel confident doing it. You know, you know, sometimes yeah. the first couple of times you try it. You know, people probably think that you're some psycho patient uh, at a mental ward, <laughs> but but it didn't matter to me. You know, they, they probably they, left you alone though if you did something. They crazy. they did. Yeah, they, yeah. they got to the point. 
they got to the point where they're kind of like, we don't know what he's going to do. So let's yeah. just leave him alone. Well, yeah. because he just makes a big scene wherever he is. And so that's the kind of things that I like to work through people, you know, and of course, we're getting granted, you know, probably if you're, you know, a female executive at, you know, IBM, you probably don't want to be laying in the middle of the boardroom playing dead. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> but so, you know, you also have to kind of create the distraction that actually will work for whatever particular place Sen- you're in. Whatever scenario you're in. Yeah. Right. So what, what, what are the main things about people that make them a target of being bullied? And can you discuss children in school, in the school setting, adults in the workplace, and people who stay in their neighborhood most of the time? What what are the things that make them a target? Well, a lot of times what makes them a target, I kind of mentioned some before, but um, if you appear weaker to a bully, so, you know, like a lot lot of times, just your body language, Uh, body language really says a lot about you. So, I mean, if you're one of those quiet people, you tend to walk with your head down, you don't really look up. Um, that makes people a target. Um, something else that sounds really silly, but something that uh, makes people a target is um, if you're perceived as like less financially secure as somebody. So say that you look like the little poor kid or you look like, um, you know, you don't have money. Um, the people who do have money, um, they, they yeah. feel that they can pray up. They feel that they can prey on you just because you, you appear like yeah, you're, you're poor. Um, and um, so those are what, and I call it, consider, you know, people who are outcasts um, become a target. And what I like to, the people that I really, that really frustrates me the most that people pick on or um, bully are the homeless. I knew you, know, you were uh, going to, I knew you were going to say that. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, it's horrible. Well, and because cause I, I've always looked at it this way, you know, every one of us is one big catastrophe away from being homeless. You're I mean, right. you could lose your, you could lose your job and your house could catch on fire if you didn't have insurance or you're waiting for insurance you have nowhere to go um yeah. so you're out on the street and so you know um that is the the one group of people that i feel get um the society bullies the most um are the people who are homeless um and people are bullied you're they they bully people who they're afraid of or they don't understand you know um so instead of actually sitting down and getting to know people and that's what this clowning thing really did you know in russia um if we encountered people who were homeless on the street, we would sit down and we couldn't really carry on the conversation with them because they spoke Russian and we were English, but, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, but sometimes just kind of sitting there and um, maybe showing them a trick or blowing bubbles or playing with a balloon or doing whatever, um, just let them know that, you know, they were seen and that they were visible yeah. um, and that people saw that they were there. Um, they think that's all they want. I mean, they just, they just want one, they, they just want to be part of society again, sure. you know, yeah. and right now they're just down on their luck. So what Can advice? Questions? Yeah. Yeah. You did great. What, what advice would you give to someone being bullied? And does the advice with the, with the advice differ uh, for a male and a, or a female? One, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the advice would differ from a male to a female. Um, and at least for me, you know, I, I mean, I guess I can't say because I'm a male, but <laughs> yeah, well, your opinion, yeah, yeah your opinion, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the big things, you know, every book you pick up on bullying, the first thing every book will tell you is to tell someone, you know, tell someone you're being bullied. Um, and even in my book, I, I, I bring that topic up, but yeah. I don't I quite have the same uh, philosophy that some people. Yes, 
I do agree you should tell someone, but just because you tell someone you're being bullied does not mean that the bullying will stop. And sometimes it may actually get worse because now it's going to tick the bully off because you told someone. Yeah. Um, part of telling somebody is making it known that it is you are being bullied. But then also then there is a responsibility on that person that you told to follow through, um, whether it's a teacher, whether so does the teacher take it to the principal? Do they contact a guidance counselor? You know, a lot of times what happens is if somebody tells somebody and then that person they tell kind of drops the ball and doesn't. So sometimes you just have to rely on your own self. So sometimes you have to employ some other tactics in order to um, to, to get the point across, you know, um, like so I ha I do some journal my book that I wrote that has like some journals like it's partly part journal um, part text and so you can actually write down you know some stuff and then who who's being who bullied you when did it happen um, who did you tell did anything happen you know did they do anything about it um, if they didn't do anything about it, then let's take this list to somebody who can do something about it if they don't do anything about it what do you do then you know so it's kind of a uh, it's kind of an involved process but. Um, Telling someone is maybe the first step, but I, like I said, it's not the it's not the last step. Right. Do uh, that's so it sounds, kind of it sounds like for our audience out there, documentation is 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 the key. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Keep keep track of everything, even if it's a, online, even if it's a cyberbully. If you're going to delete uh, like a tweet or something, if you're going to delete something off of your Twitter account or whatever, um, get a screen capture of it first before you do that. Just keep a keep a list. Yeah. And I yeah. always say report there, like online, if it's cyberbullying, I say, you know, report it at every, every uh, platform, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, or they all have some type of place where you can click to report this as spam or report, report this as hate speech or something to that effect. And so you can always just click onto something and report it. And I always say report it um, because chances are, if they're doing it to you, they're doing it to someone else. Right. So I want to talk about cyberbullying, and it's defined as bullying that takes place over digital devices like cell phones, computers, and tablets. Uh, it can occur through SMS, text, apps, or online and social media forums, or gaming, where uh, people can view, participate in, or share content. It includes sending, posting, or sharing negative, harmful, false, or mean content about someone else. It can include sharing personal or private information about someone else, causing embarrassment or humiliation. So the question for you is, what types of cyberbullying have you run across in your work? And what advice uh, do you have for people facing that problem? I guess you answered that with the documentation, <laughs> but what types of cyberbullying have you run across? Uh I had a Twitter account for a little while. Um, I mean, I still have one. I never use Twitter um, because to me that, that, that seems like the least uh, policed, I guess, the police platform. Um, there is so much cyberbullying on Twitter. Um, and usually that mainly it's just a negative comments or, you know, you're stupid and, uh, or this cuss words or whatever. Um, and to me, what, what I don't like about Twitter is that anybody can follow you on Twitter um, you, you can't say, oh, I don't want that person to follow me. I don't want that person to see my post or whatever. Um, and so uh, for Twitter, I just decided, you know what, this is probably the worst platform for uh, cyberbullying. And so I avoid that one. Um, I just refuse to, to go onto Twitter. Uh, I like the fact like Facebook, I like the fact that if somebody friends me, I, 
the first thing I do, and I suggest that everybody who's listening do this, if somebody friend requests you and you have no idea who they are, go to their Facebook page because it'll allow you to check their page out. And I scroll, I mean, I scroll down probably, you know, um, quite a ways and I look at all their posts. I mean, if they're, if they're cussing and they're, they're, uh, telling people off and they're being negative to other people, then chances are, if they're going to be a friend of yours, they're going to do the same thing to you. And so right away, I, I police who I allow to be my friend. I mean, everybody says, well, you're a public figure and you only got 1200 people or friends on Facebook. I said, yes, that's (laughs) because I delete a lot, you know? Um, And sometimes one one or two will get through. They look, look like they're a fairly decent person. So I will say, okay. And then if they start on my page, you know, I I can, I can police my own page and I click, Um, you know, and we all, we all have, you know, things we believe in and things we don't believe in, but, you know, even things I don't believe in, I I do know that there's a a group of people who do. And so there's two sides to everything. So I I try to be as open as possible. Um, But at the same time, if somebody's trying to bully me into believing what they believe, um, and that's like, that's another big one right now. And I was just actually reading a story online about that today that kind of upset me. (laughs) Um, Regarding JK Rowling and all of that stuff that's going on with that. But um, so, uh, but yeah, so uh, not only do I police people who are um, on there, I do report them a lot if if I feel that it's it's necessary. Um, But you know what, your your social media pages are your social media pages. Um, You're on there to have fun and to be social and to to network with people and to talk to people and and talk to friends. And if somebody is um, interfering with that, then I say block them and delete them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now I'm to the point, uh, I will try to engage with them a little, you know, so like if somebody posts like a negative comment, you know, on my page, I might say, you know, well, thank you so much for you know, commenting on my page or my post or my video. Um, I'm I'm sorry you didn't like it, blah, blah, blah. Um, Hopefully I'll do something you like better in the the future. Um, And try to, you know, just try to smooth that over and see if I can do that. Um, But if I see that that's not going to happen, then it is, it's just report, block and delete, you know? Yeah, report, block and delete. Good advice, good advice. What bullseye are the long-term mental health effects if bullying in any form is not addressed for both the bully and the bullied, what are the, what are the long-term mental health effects in your opinion? Well, you might become a clown. That's pretty mental. No? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, End result, clown. <laughs> uh, no. Um, well, one of the things that, that I found, you know, for me anyway, um, and I wouldn't necessarily call it a um, a, ment- a defect, I guess. That's not the word I would use. But um, a lack of self-confidence is something that a lot of bully people take with them. And something that, you know, I always tell people, I should have been a household name by now. You know, I, I was going to be this big actor. And I was going to be this big stand-up comic. And I was going to do all these wonderful things. And um, and I let what people told tell me, um, and people who bullied me, I I believed right and i played into all of that stuff so i had this lack of self-confidence that i didn't go out for the gigs that i should have gone out for in the audition for the things i should have done um, because i didn't think oh i didn't have the right body type but my teeth don't look right oh this doesn't look right um and even you see that a lot right now on facebook i mean how many times or or instagram you know you see people go 
oh, am I hot or not? You know, can you click this yeah. button if you think I'm pretty or if I think I'm ugly? And, you know, and so it's like we all deal with this, this body image um, issue um, and self-confidence. And going back to a question I don't think that I answered earlier when you ask about people who kind of stay where they are, um, there are two things that happen to people who I think who are bullied. One is they become uber, uber, super successful to kind of tell the bully, hey, screw you, you know, <laughs> you right. know, I, you know, I'm going to be so super successful that, um, you know, kind of like people like Lady Gaga or Susan Boyle, who were both bullied when they were younger yeah. um, and now are, are mega superstars. And then you have a majority of people, like a lot of people who then decide, you know what? They, they listen to that small town mentality of, oh, you're not going to amount to anything. So they just never move away. They don't believe in themselves. They, they, they get a job at McDonald's and not that there's anything wrong with working in the McDonald's. You know, Ronald McDonald did that for quite a while. You kind of <laughs> so, look like, kind of look like him, but uh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, um, but I'm just saying, you know, a lot of us will kind of, and what I did for a lot of years, I worked at a job that I felt was, not something I should be working at. You know, I was college educated. I, you know, um, you know, was a very creative person. And here I find myself working, you know, at, you know, a place like amazon.com, you know, just fulfilling orders, you know, just doing stuff that I, you know, should not yeah. be doing, you know, that I felt that I, I really was more qualified to do something sure. else. Um, but so a lot of times you do, you just kind of get that vibe. And if I could say, you know, and I know we're probably going to answer this question later and I may say it again later, but, <laughs> but, you know, my thing is take note of who, who's actually bullying you and what they're saying. You know, for many, many years, I, I really just took, uh, took all this bullying and, and stuff from my stepfather, who was an alcoholic. And my stepfather was an alcoholic who never held down a job. Uh, I don't think he ever had a job the whole time that I knew him. And so I'm like, here's this guy telling me I'm not going to amount anything. And he has no job and has never had a job, been mooching off of my mom his whole life. And, you know, and here I'm taking everything he says to heart, you know, what yeah. qualifies him to, what qualifies him to tell me that I'm not going to amount to anything when he doesn't, you know? Eva evaluate the source that it's coming yeah. from. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And, and we do a lot of inspirational podcasts here. And uh, one of the big things is, um, people have to uh, get their self-confidence up. They have to look people in the eye and they have to take that leap and go forward. You know, they mm -hmm. not, not, not listen to what other people say. They just have to get that self-confidence back. You know, one of the things that um, changed my whole outlook, really, um, believe it or not, I was a television preacher. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Joyce Meyer. Um, um, no, but, can't say but, that. Uh, but she's a, she's, she considers herself a Bible teacher. But one of the things she said one time was, you know, when we're all born, we're all born with two things. We're all born with power and authority. And the devil also has power. Um, but the devil doesn't have the authority to use his power unless we give it to him. Yeah. And that, and that kind of changed my whole outlook because I, I took the devil, um, to be the bully. So I'm like, you know, the bully might have power and the bully might have more power than me or more money than me, uh, but he doesn't have the authority to bully me unless I give him that authority. And I give him that authority by um, not saying anything, by not fighting back, right. uh, you know, by, by keeping silent. I, I keep giving that bully the authority. By submitting, so, by submitting. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so for yeah. once I kind of realized that 
they didn't have that authority, which I thought they had, you know, right. um, because they had more money than me or whatever. Um, that changed my whole outlook. Um, and it was that kind of, and I even actually have a chapter in my book about power versus authority um, and how people use their power um, and how you can actually take your authority back. Bosa, are we doing enough as a society to combat bullying? No. <laughs> Short answer, no, we're not. Um, the, the problem becomes, you know, every, everywhere you go, there's either some type of a, a no, no tolerance policy at our company for bullying, um, or there's a no, you know, no tolerance to uh, harassment or whatever. But the problem is they don't have a specific plan in place. They don't, um, you know, they should have a very detailed thing. Okay, so all from all the way to from the bottom all the way to the top. Okay, so right. if your entry, if your entry level person is being bullied, who do they go to, and what is their responsibility once you have gone to that particular person? What is that person's responsibility to make sure that this gets taken care of? And so many times, what happens is somebody will go and tell HR, or they go to tell a supervisor that you know, this is happening, and that's where it dies. That's where that information. You know, even in schools, you know, you go tell the principal or you yeah. go tell the teacher. And a lot of times that information dies with that particular person and nothing is ever done. So there needs to be what I consider like a bullyproof blueprint. You need to have some type of a blueprint of who you go to when things aren't getting done to make sure that the bullying is getting addressed. And, and, and Bose, I, I am sure that you have addressed that in your book. I have. Yes. And, and yes. actually that that's, and that's another thing that I would like to actually do is go out into uh, not only schools, but into other organizations, whether it be churches, because believe it or not, the bullying can happen in church as well. Sure. Um, and going into businesses, like I said, I worked at, you know, some big corporations, but I was the peon. Um, but I would love to go in and create blueprints for them on, and really, really focus. I mean, this is like a detailed plan of yeah. you know, who do you go to? Who do you yeah. go to? What do you say? What happens if this person doesn't move this particular uh, issue forward? You know, there needs to be some type of um, discipline and, um, you know. Well, like uh, you said, a blueprint, an algorithm, yeah. whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you know, just just like you would if you were, you know, building a building, or you know, just kind of like you see these organizational charts for companies. You know, right. yeah, this person reports to this person, and this person reports to this person. Well, it should be the same thing. You know, if if this is happening here at this level, you know, who do I report it to? If it's my boss who's you know bullying me, who do I go to? You know, is there somebody above my boss that I can right. report this to? Right. Um, and and the same thing, same thing at schools. You know, I, so many things. You know. Um, I mean, I watched this documentary on um, bullying, uh, I think it was on Netflix, and the teacher was trying to get the bullied kid to apologize to the bully. <laughs> and yeah, and just, uh, that just kind of frustrated me right there. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, we, we need to get to this particular school. <laughs> yeah, you need, need to set them straight. Right. Uh, you know, you being a clown, I have a few happiness questions for you. Okay. <laughs> if you could give us one tip uh, for being happy, what, what would it be? Do something nice for someone else. Okay. That's my, that's my big habit. Seriously. That's, um, that's what transformed my whole life around, you know, and then, and then it started from that moment that I went on that, um, 
the tour with Patch Adams, you know, that was my yeah. job for 14 straight days was doing nice things for other people. I didn't expect anything in return. I wasn't being paid. Um, you know, a humanitarian clown, you know, usually pays to travel. So I mean, I paid to travel to Russia. I paid for my airfare, you know, uh, I didn't get paid while I was there. So I did that because that is something that I wanted to do. And I'm planning to go to Morocco uh, in March or April next year, uh, Guatemala in September. Um, and those are things that I do because that does good for me as well. That keeps me happy. Um, and so that would be my number one thing is one of the things you can do to be happy is um, do, do nice things for the people. Now, you, you told us about your book, Bullseye on Bullying, Your Blueprint to Beating the Bullies. Uh, you've touched upon that, so I want to ask you about that. But is the book out there is it available it will be out on black friday yay wow that's coming up <laughs> yeah so, so it is it's going to be brand new yes it's, so this it's, friday it'll be it'll be there on this friday this friday yep this friday oh, wow. it will be out okay um like i said i've actually have been had it done for maybe um a month or so but then it's had to go through edits and formatting and you know, putting all the graphics in and, right. and it's not a, it's not a big book, you know, uh, and it wasn't meant to, it wasn't designed to be a big, big book. Uh, it was designed to be like a pocket guide. So you carry this around with you. And if you're being bullied or if you find there's a situation, you should be able to flip to a chapter right away to, I have chapters on, you know, workplace bullying and cyberbullying and uh, bullying in senior citizen uh you know, resorts and things like that. Uh, I, I have ways, uh, you know, chapters on just about everything um, and what you can do uh, if you find yourself in this particular situation. So um, it's like a 65 page book. It's not very, you know, you can probably read this thing in about an hour and a half to two hours. Um, but like I said, it's also interactive. So you can actually write in the book um, different things as well. Oh, okay. Like a journal. What, what is your main takeaway message, Bullseye, to the people out there? What's your main takeaway? My main takeaway would be um, nobody cares more about you being bullied than you. Okay. So a lot of times you just have to take care of yourself and, and do what's right for you. Um, and what you're going to find is, you know, what worked for me may not always work for you. Um, and that's why in this particular book, you know, I have tons and tons of advice. So maybe some of those don't work for you, but find something that does work for you. Some, something will work for you. Um, but, you know, you got to care more about you being safe than anybody else does. You know, I mean, you know, a lot yeah. of times people just, people just chalk it up to, oh, that's just, you know, that's just Mary being Mary. No, that's not Mary being Mary. That's Mary's right. a bully. And <laughs> so I, I think the main, what you're saying is don't rely on others rely on yourself yeah yeah like i said i mean i you know rely more on yourself than you do on other people you know that's not right. to say that you can't tell other people and try to get other people on your side but right. yes um but yes you, you need to take care of you bullseye how can people contact you well you can contact me at uh bullseye clown.com okay um i'm also on facebook uh you type in Bullseye the Clown. I'm on Instagram. I do have a YouTube show. It's called Bullseye on Bullying. So you can just type in Bullseye on Bullying on YouTube um, and you will see me there. I, I do videos um, once a week uh, on some aspect of bullying. And if you have questions, you can always write the question in and I will do a, a video on that. Okay. I'm going to include all that information in the podcast notes. I want to thank you, Bullseye, for being on the podcast and enlightening us on your perspective of the bullying issue 
and your techniques to help people get to a better place in their life and rise up against being bullied. Uh, all the best to you going forward. Comments and suggestions to better the podcast are welcome. You can email us at it's a wrap with rap at gmail.com. We have a website, it's a wrap with rap.com. You can drop your email address in there to get on our mailing list. We have a Facebook page, it's a wrap with rap. Also a Facebook group, it's a wrap with rap. And we're on Instagram, it's a wrap with rap podcast. We're also on YouTube, it's a wrap with rap, the podcast uncut. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please stay safe. And for now, it's a wrap. <laughs>